There we go. There we go. And welcome to another edition of the Pastor's Study here on WHOV. 88.1 FM, beautiful, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Rob Dixon, station manager in studio with me, Pastor Kevin Swan here. Glad you're listening to us today. Have a good show for you today, and uh, we're, we're thankful. If you're tuning in for the first time, Pastor Study is a show that's designed to talk about relevant issues from a pastoral standpoint, but also have Rob with me. He's not a pastor, but he represents the people. Show enough. And you can't have a pastor without the people. That's right. You'd be just a, you'd be like a, You're preaching the pews. Or Yana Van Zandt said, you'd be like a shepherd with no flock. <laughs> what's, you, what's your purpose? <laughs> and so we have a blend on the show. Rob represents the people, and I represent pastors for the most part, and, and we see what we can come up with. And uh, there's always something in the news that we can talk about. Before we get into our topic of the day, Rob, uh, there is history today that's going to be passed. Uh, President Obama was able to get the stimulus bill through, and uh, today today he's going to sign it in Denver. And uh, in let me Denver. Get, in Denver. Why choose Denver? I have no idea, but so he's going to sign it today in Denver. Is that where he is, is that where he accepted the nomination? I, there? I have no I, idea. But well, one thing you notice he's doing is he's going out, and and you know he's going out into communities and he's understanding that in order to get things done he's not going to be able to sit in Washington because the politics is just it's just crazy there so he's he's taking his message out and he's learned that already but anyway what what do you think about it you think it's a good move for the country man to uh to have this stimulus I, I think anything that the republicans are against got to be good and <laughs> and I say it for this reason for 8 years they got it wrong right when they came into office and Bill Clinton was leaving there was a surplus of like 1. Two surplus. billion, which meant we had more money than we needed. Right, and you know everybody came in, and the Republicans were like, oh, "We're going to cut taxes and this, that, and the other, and all that money dwindled away, and now we got a deficit, huge, a huge deficit. We owe deficit. money to so many people. I don't know how the country got credit, but uh, <laughs> uh, they need huge. to do freecreditreport.com on the United <laughs> States of America. I think it come up with a score of two, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand how, you know, and then, you know, so they've done it this way for so many years, and they complain about spending, 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 too much spending going on, and it's that and the other. Well, when Bill Clinton was in there, they complained about spending, but we had a, a surplus. Had a surplus. Now, Bush comes in eight years, you know, and all that money's gone. We're in a bad situation. The economy's in the tank and everything. And so Obama puts together a plan, <clears throat> mind you, to help stimulate the economy. What do the Republicans want to do? Well, let's cut taxes. Cut again. taxes. Why are we still cutting taxes? Why are we still cutting <laughs> taxes? And it did it, not work. And it is not working. <clears throat> and, it did and, not work. And, and so you know, I just don't understand. And that's all they want, more tax cuts. If we give more people tax cuts and, you know, allow them to keep more of their money. But, see, the problem is you're not bringing money into the country. Right. And people are taking those tax cuts that you're giving them, and they're saving the money because they're fearful of what might happen. So now what you have to do is you have to get stuff out there and spend a little money to, to stimulate the economy so that we can get folks working, so that folks feel good about buying things and where they are in the world right but let me say this though you know it is a step in the right direction but it ain't their final answer no, no. it still does not solve the housing crisis which really is no. is at the crux of the problem you know when when you don't when you can't solve the housing problem you that's where the tax base is lost and i don't know if you saw the news this morning but uh you know governor schwarzenegger out in california is talking about laying off twenty thousand state employees Gotta go. just like that 
Just like and so, you know, you'll be back. <laughs> Hasta la so, vista, baby. So, so we it, have no money. Nothing. It's not a tumor. <laughs> so when you don't have the taxes and the housing crisis is still going to be there. And, you know, you have all this stuff with the stimulus, but it's still, you know, until you get the housing straight. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, Di, uh, dynamic. Uh, you you got to look at it. You know, the housing crisis. States ain't haven't don't have any money. People aren't buying cars. They said the car industry. The money that we gave them already, <laughs> it's not enough. They're gonna have to do another bailout. For they that. gave them to them. Uh, they said last night, GM is gonna get four billion more. Yeah, they need more because uh, the reality of the situation is, no one's buying cars. No one's buying homes. No one's buying a lot of stuff right now. No, and and this is just the tip of the iceberg. As, as President Obama said before. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. And this is just to help stimulate the economy to get some jobs, give some people some money to think about buying something. Right. We still got to get to the point where people can will actually go and take the step to buy something. So. Well, that's, that, that's about confidence. And if you're not confident in the market, you're not going to buy. And that, that's the reality. That's why the stock market is where it is. It's low because people don't have confidence in the stock market. People don't have confidence in their jobs being there, you know, down the line. So people are, are saving money instead of spending money. And you're going to see that for all the people who get their tax money back this year, it may be that they might not spend as much as they normally would in the past. People are concerned, and, and rightfully so. And so, again, you know, I think that it's going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, a lot of things are happening, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. People calling me talking about you ain't keeping up with the news, Rob. They got tax cuts in the stimulus package. We know. But see, the difference between the tax cuts that they're giving and, and that the Republicans want and that Obama's giving is we're going to receive the tax cuts. Right. We're going to get some of that money. We're going to get some of that money. Right. So in the upcoming year, you get your tax return back and everything. There's going to be some extra money coming with it. And that's a, more of a tax but cut the question for the middle is, class. But, but the challenge is, if you get, get extra money, are you going to spend it? That's the challenge. And, so and most people are not. Don't be calling me yelling at me. <laughs> I know what's going on with the stimulus package. I know how it's supposed to The tax cuts are there, too. I know that. But they wanted more. The Republicans wanted more tax cuts. They wanted to, to cut it all. They just wanted to tax cut, tax right. cut, tax cut. That's not getting it done. Right. we got to be able to stimulate the economy. You as the consumer now have to take that tax cut and decide, okay, let me go buy that new TV. Speaking of which, today was supposed to be the day. That everybody was supposed to switch over to. Was it today? Today is the seventeenth. It sure is. And so some stations have told the government, "Screw you, we going to digital today." Right. So they tried to delay it. So you'll watch a lot of TV today, and there'll be scrolls across the top talking about they have moved to a new transition to a new signal, and that if you're watching, if you can see that, then you're good. But there'll be a lot of stations out there that you're not gonna if you have rabbit ears. And I still can't believe there are TVs out there oh, yes. that people still using rabbit ears. But if you have rabbit ears and you didn't get that converter box or you didn't buy a new TV or anything like that, and most of them are older senior citizens and probably poorer folks as well, mm-hmm. um, they did not go out. A lot of them didn't. They pushed the date back to June. But a lot of the TV stations, I know WHRO was one. Uh, there were some other stations, uh, CW, I think it was, uh, CW7, uh, 27, excuse me, I believe, was people stations said, look, we can't wait any longer. It's going to cost it's us too more much money. money. It's going to cost us more money to keep your, you know the analog signal. We need to go digital, and so the government has granted permission to a lot of stations <laughs> across the country to go ahead and go digital. And so today was the day. Now you know why they delayed it. 
Because they said they had they ran out of coupons. They ran and, out of money. Yeah, they ran out of coupons <laughs> for the converter boxes and right. everything like that. Now, my thing is this. I think they delayed it for another reason. I think some of these TV manufacturers said, look, we need about five more months. <laughs> we need people to buy about five more months of TVs. Because, you know, the converter box is all well and good. But yeah, just go get yourself. Just a get TV. another TV. Get another TV. Get another TV because you're not going to be able to see the picture, picture all that clear, I'm sure. But I don't again, know what the converter box looks like. I don't know how it works. But, again, like. it goes back to, Rob, you get $1,500 back in taxes. That, okay? You need to go get are the new you TV. Gonna get, are That's you going to buy? That's what they need to do. And I think that was part of the reason why they've extended the deadline. They figured, look, folks get tax breaks. Tax they money's might coming buy, back? They might go out and buy some stuff. And so, yeah. You I, hope. You hope. So, But uh, if every day you keep hearing people losing their job. And you know you hear twenty thousand right. workers here. Right. You hear it's going to be tough for people. People to are not going to buy. People ain't going to buy. So, so it's going to be hard. It's, it's definitely going to be hard. And you got to boost consumer confidence, and you got to boost people to think that they're not getting ripped off. But uh, let TV go dark. Yeah. Watch how many TVs get sold over the next. couple <laughs> Let your TV station, <laughs> let somebody not be able to watch All My Children, okay? Let Which we're going to talk about <laughs> next week. <That's laughs> let somebody not be able to see Grey's Anatomy this yeah, you Thursday. You got that right. Okay. Well, listen, well, we're going to go jump into the show today, and uh, we have a good show. And, and for those of you who wonder how we come up with the topics, Rob, you know, we, we kind of talked the night before, kind of get our thoughts together. And uh, we bounced it back and forth last night. You came up with an excellent Excellent topic, yeah, I think, yeah. And especially for the times. And so I'm going to let you lead today with the topic, and then we'll jump in. And uh, we want to get your phone calls. As always, 727-5407-727-5711. I guarantee you're going to want to call yeah, in the, and the to church, the show today. The church is not immune to this topic in any way, shape, or form. In fact, the church needs to be the leader out in front on this topic because there's so many uh, silent uh, what's the word I'm saying? The silent sufferers, the sufferers of the situation, and of course, it's been exacerbated. And I use the word exacerbate, big word for some of you out there. Go ahead, look it that up. That means magnify. Yeah, magnify. <laughs> okay, you can. You, some of us need to exacerbate God a little bit more. Yeah, but, you get that right. Yeah, but <laughs> exacerbate means magnify, maybe even to a ridiculous level. Yes, but. I think it gives us a good lead into the topic for today. And what I'm talking about is the whole Chris Brown-Rihanna situation. And of course, everybody knows, no, we're not talking about Chris Brown, whether or not he did it or didn't do it. But I think it's a good uh, uh, path into the topic and speaking of domestic violence yes. in the home and, 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 and in relationships out there. We just celebrated Valentine's Day yes. uh, this past week. By the way, you, you, I'm you straight, still, man. Still in one piece. I'm, I'm straight, man. I'm straight. But, uh, I, look, but, we had a good day. <laughs> Yeah, how about yourself? You do it? He's good. All yeah, right. but uh, All right. yeah, definitely. But uh, the whole situation, we just celebrated Valentine's Day, and the whole situation of love and, 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 and violence is, is such an intertwined topic these days because people are out there. There are women out there, and even some men in some situations. I don't know many, but uh, even in some situations where they are being beaten and abused in the home or in their relationships and they're not saying anything, they're not coming out and speaking out about it, they're, they're being terrorized in their own ways, they've been beaten into silence in a lot of occasions and you know these women, you've seen them at your church, you've seen them on the job, you've seen them in your neighborhood, you've heard it or seen the fights go on outside your houses or in your homes right. and you never said anything, you don't call anybody because of the age old adage, oh, we're not supposed to get involved in nobody else's love affair or anything like that. Right. That's their business and this, that. And you sit there and you watch, but the, 
the, the, the true story is that there are Rihannas of the world out there in this world that are getting beat. And it's not just in marital situations. Your little girls, your daughters are probably in some situations where their boyfriends are beating them and you're not even noticing it. You don't even know what's going on. You probably noticed them, you know, in little situations, but you just shook it off because she blew it off or anything like that. Yeah. And they're sitting there and they're suffering. And the thing that really upset me about the whole Chris Brown, Rihanna situation, me and Moose around here at the station were making light of it as the kids were talking about it and everything like that. But it came down to people started blaming Rihanna. Right. And they haven't even heard her say anything yet. And, but and they started blaming her. for doing. And, and let's go back. For people who may or may not know, let's not take for right. for granted that people understand. Last, what was it? Last weekend it was the Grammys. The Grammys, the saddest of last Sunday. Right. And uh, Chris Brown, pop star, Rihanna, pop star, they're dating. And both of them were scheduled to appear mm-hmm. for the Grammys. And both of them canceled at the last minute. Come to find out, they were uh, involved in a an altercation of some sort. Right. All of the details haven't come forward fully, but they were involved in an altercation. It was alleged that uh, Chris Brown assaulted Rihanna. Right. Uh, and that uh, she had to go see a doctor of some sort. She went to the hospital. Went to the hospital. She went to the hospital. Chris Brown was arrested. And, uh, well, he turned himself in, arrested, same thing. And was charged, and charged with a felony. For a felony. felony. And they're still looking into more charges, uh, possibly, against Chris Brown on the whole situation. But whatever happened, Rihanna's now canceling concert dates, and Chris Brown's lost endorsements. He, he, they're not playing his music on a lot of the stations across the country right. now. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, the situation, like we said, it's been exacerbated because everybody's wondering what happened, why did it happen, and this, that, and the other. The thing that really upset me and around the campus, and I was listening to the students around here, people started justifying why he probably hit her and beat her. Right, and so that's the question we want to raise right. today. Has it gotten to a point that domestic violence is... is Almost mainstream, almost like, okay, it's a part of relationship. You know, do people look at it and say, okay, well, like you said, Rob, that no matter what she did or didn't do, she he was justified. Yeah, she had it coming. He was justified in putting his hands on her for whatever reason. Have we gotten to the place now where people just accept that? You know, I can get mad enough. I can put my hands there. I can say whatever right, I want to do. Right. I can do whatever I want to do to you, right. and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Is that where we are? And, and we want we want you to call in. We want to hear Definitely. from your perspective. And, I want, and, and let me challenge the women out there. If you're listening to this, you need to call another woman and call, and call in and talk about this situation. Because you know what? It has gone undiscussed far too long. Yes. And to me, what really hurts me is that the fact, it's not just that it's Chris Brown and Rihanna now, but you know a little girl out there. There's some girl in high school whose boyfriend probably beats her. Right. Has hit her in some way, shape, or form. And she took it because she thought it was love. And the thing about the Chris Brown situation, one of the telling truths was that apparently he said, you know, in some interview before that he had seen his stepfather abuse his mom. Right. And even threatened his life, apparently. And, you know, and people were saying, well, it's learned behavior. That's where he learned it from. Well, okay. That doesn't justify That doesn't justify it at all. No. Learned behavior, then that's fine and dandy. But this, see, this is where the church needs to step up and say, we can't let this go on any longer. And we're, we're going to talk about that. And I guess the other part you have to consider, Rob, is that, you know, Domestic violence is not always physical. You know, sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's the mind games that people play and having people live in fear or or live in a certain style of which is very restrictive in their environment. And so you can't always say that it's it's physical. Sometimes it's mental. It's sometimes emotional abuse that takes place that can be just as damaging as the physical abuse. And so we want you to call in. Uh, have we gotten to the place now where the whole Chris Brown Rihanna situation is just an oh well it's, 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 it's a happening? Joke now. 
I mean, folks are actually making jokes yeah. about the whole Are situation. we there? Uh, do we have a call on there? Yeah, we do have a call. A call, are you there? I certainly am. Hi. Hi, how are you? I am appalled by the uh, situation with uh, Chris Brown and Rihanna. I certainly um, think we're at a point where people are not as offended as they should be. Like you all, I have heard people say, well, Rihanna was jealous. She probably provoked him. There is never, ever ever a time when it is okay for a man to hit a woman. I know sometimes we women um, can be provoking, but it's never acceptable. I cannot think of a time when it would be okay for a man to ever strike a woman. I'm biased. No, I think we agree yeah, because... Definitely. You know, I have a daughter, and, and just the thought of, of somebody else putting their hands on my daughter, whom I've raised a certain way to try to get points across, it, it just it just messes me up to think about that. But, I mean, that's the world that we live in. Yeah, it's, it, I, I can't disagree. I mean, you're right. There's no reason why a man should ever, ever ever hit a woman in that situation and 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 in any situation like that jealousy um i mean all the other things that they've said right then we'll get into some of the things that are floating around the internet and everything like that but the fact is that they, it seems like it's been more put on what she did to provoke him to do that instead of just dealing with the situation in general yeah and so again i guess the question is as, as you've heard on the campus Carla, and, thank you for calling yes Oh, thank you. You've heard on the campus, you know, people saying, okay, she had it coming. I mean, where where do people get that mindset to believe that it is okay? Is it is it learned behavior? Is it something that people are seeing in in television? Is it just, I mean, it, where, where a, do lot people... of it, a lot of it is learned behavior. I won't say that it's not. A lot of these kids watch these videos. They see how uh, these guys treat women in, the, in, in, in on the movies or in videos. A lot of it is learned in the home. Which, which to me is unbelievable, is that as as much as it goes so on. So it's now, a cycle, is what you're saying. It's, it's a cycle, and, it, and it's justified. I mean, they see videos and stuff like that where these things happen, and the lifestyle that uh, some of these uh, artists lead, and they see how they treat the women on those videos. So they think, oh, I could treat, you know, my woman any kind of way. The names that we call our women in, in music, in songs that we have out there, uh, the, the the way we treat them, and that that just leads straight to the path of well, fine. If she is, if she is my B, if she is my H, if she is all these other things, then she's not worth anything. So then, of course, I can destroy that or beat that into submission. And so, so, and, so having said that, mm -hmm. does that mean then that the woman is accepting the terms of which oh, women, she has been played? I mean, women, and, and, and one of the things that. Uh, I think that'll be interesting in this conversation because I'd like to get some women yeah, calling. We... Um, but one of the things that's interesting in this conversation is that women who dance to these songs, who watch these movies, who glorify these guys and listen to their music and lyrics have brought a lot of this on themselves because they're no longer cherished any longer. You allow somebody to call you a B, then guess what you're going to be treated like? Yeah, so again, and, and here's the situation, Rob. You know, you're, you're dealing with this stuff with people who, you know, and I'm not saying it's right in in marriage, but you're dealing with people who, like you said earlier, they're dating and dealing with this kind of stuff. And and to me, the first sign that something happens like right. this, I'm out the door. You know right. what I'm saying? So so what what is it that's making people stay even in dating situations? Well, right? You got to deal with something like because this. Because it's a lot of women out there, and this is my this is Rob's thought process. But there are a lot of women out there who've seen their mothers go through this, and they've never said anything to their mom. 
they've never confronted their mother or their father about the way they've watched their mom be treated or anything like that. They've seen their sisters go through this. They've seen somebody else they know who took it the punch right. and kept on going. They or the verbal that, assault. Or the verbal assault. And they've kept on going and thought, you know what? i got to be a woman. This is what women do. And somewhere down the line, women have stopped te- telling women you know, or stopped teaching their daughters that they don't have to be that way. Right. They don't have to take that. It's not explained to them any longer. It's not taught to them any longer. You know, we don't even we don't even look at it in the church. They don't even talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we avoid it. You know, we're not going to talk. We'll talk about treating your wife right like the, the treating your wife like Jesus loved the church. You know, love. we'll talk about that. But we don't talk about when when the church is getting broken down and beaten up a little bit. Right. We, we don't want to talk about that. And you see you see the women on Sundays. You right. see the silent suffering. They're sitting right. beside spouse or boyfriend. And you can literally see sometimes where people are, are trying to say, would you would you please help me some kind of right, way? Right. But they can't come out and say right, it. And right. it's a very, very challenging situation. I think we have another yeah, caller there. we have another there. caller. Caller, you there? Yeah, man. Thank you uh, for holding. No problem. I've been listening to the um, topic at hand. And um, the lady that called before, I do agree with her in reference to, I don't believe at any time should a man put his hand on a woman um, biased bias or not. And I don't believe, I don't believe, you know, fighting should take place in a relationship. I do understand at times, you know, people can't be provoked to the point of they want to retaliate using physical force. But out of all respect, I don't think you should put your hands on any individual, no matter how upset you are. Um, I don't know the truth. You know, no one really knows the truth in this situation concerning Chris Brown and Rihanna. But no one should, now I'm not just saying Chris should hit her or, you know, he should not hit him, but, you know, that should not even be represented fighting should not be, you know, tolerated in relationships. And I know you um, you guys say it may depend on, you know, the foundation that they came from. Um, but, you know, even with that, you know, seeing your parents, you should want to, you know, not have to go through that same thing, realizing the hurt that it causes. And the church needs to address these issues, and we need to have examples. We don't have a lot of examples in the church, and a lot of times people, people won't talk about things that they haven't dealt with themselves. So maybe people have to deal with it in leadership themselves, and then it will come down on the people, you know, who are sitting under themselves. Appreciate the call. All right, thank you for the call. And see, what he said, though, was something is interesting. And this is why I think a lot of women don't speak out on the topic and don't say, scream out, I'm being beaten or I'm being abused or they don't say anything. Is the way she, Rihanna in this situation has been treated just by the young folks around here, I can understand why domestic violence occurs. Because they're clowning her, basically. They, oh, they, the stories come out, Rihanna gave him herpes. Rihanna gave, must have gave him some kind of disease or anything. Or Rihanna hit him first. Or, you know, Rihanna, you know, she she's temperamental and so she probably said something about it, this, that, and the other. And everybody out there goes, yeah, that's probably what happened, this, that, and the other. And so, oh, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? That's why Chris struck her. And I know a lot of it's spin and a lot of it's PR people trying to defend Chris Brown. And it's, and it's, there's no defense. No, it's no defense. There's no defense. And I don't care what he says and comes out of his mouth. There's no defense for what he did. No, I, and, and, you're and, right. And short of her having a gun on hey, his look, head, there look, is no defense. Look, you're married. I'm married. Right. I, I've been in situations where I've been very, I mean, hot. Right. But there has to be a line somewhere where even though you're upset, there has to be something within you that says, you know, you got to draw the line at some point to say, you know what, I can't cross this line. And, mm-hmm. and and to me, that's that's what's missing, you know, in relationship today. It seems like there is no line that however I'm going to express myself is how I'm going to express myself. And then I'm going to have the audacity after I put my hands on you and call you out your name, I'm going to have the audacity to come back to you later and tell you I love you. Right, right. How in the world? Ike Turner, baby. And I think so. So here it is. Right. Do you think 
that that has been influential in our minds because a lot of people go back to Ike, you know, you saw the movie and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes we even joke about being, you know, Ike-like or whatever. And, uh-huh. and so, again, has, have we gotten to the place where it has become glorified to some degree? It, it, it's been glorified. You, you know, in some cases, it's not a, you're not a man. Unless, you know, to your boys and everything like that, you know, don't let you be one of the brothers that got a wife that's a little spicy. Like to come out her mouth and just yibbity-yabbity uh-huh. in the ear and this, that, and the other. And she constantly in your ear. She's ragging on you. She's telling you what to do, how to do this, and what you ain't nothing and this, that, and the other. And your boy's sitting there going, what, what you going to do about this? And then you, all it takes is one of them boys to say, man, please, my woman would never dare because I would. And all it takes is for that, that, that insinuation. And that other brother starts thinking, maybe I need to. So you think it's, it's peer-related? Oh, well. You think it's peer pressure? So, so the brother got to be standing up and say, I'm strong, and I got to right. make sure I got you in check and right. all this kind of stuff? Right, and definitely it's a lot of it is peer-related. Then the other part of it is women's peer. They sit there and go, girl, you know, he, he only did it because he loves you. He, he's a good man. He he's providing. He's providing for you. Do you want for nothing, need for nothing? You just got to cool out and this, that, and that. No, no. See, and we've gotten the priorities mixed up. We're so concerned about not being in that relationship or not being with that man or not being with that woman that we don't even you know check ourselves to realize maybe we don't need to be with that man or be with that woman. Well, you know what I've heard from a lot of from a lot of guys, man, the quote unquote Four nice guys. Up. Give them one time. Yeah. The quote unquote nice guy is that sometimes they say that uh you know women like the roughneck kind of guy. You know, you know, the guy that, that has that hard image and that kind of thing. And so I guess Rob the question is I want to raise do you think Women are naturally drawn to men who appear to be rougher around oh, the edges and what, that kind of thing. What, I, Whereas the nice guy who's going to take care of you and provide for you, he a, gets overlooked. He's the punk. He's the punk. That's the first word that comes out the sisters. We don't want him. Oh, no. I need, like, I literally have people in, in that work around here in the station and everything like that. And the first thing, I need a man who can protect me and take care of me. And this so that means beat on me. That means uh, you protect they me. They got to know he's, he's a man. You know what I'm saying? They want that guy out there. Now, that nice dude, and I ain't talking about a nice dude that swings the other way. I'm right, talking just about not, a, nice a guy dude who takes care of his takes business. takes care of you, respects a woman or anything like that. Oh, something wrong with him. What do you he mean? Don't he, don't, no, he, he don't get no play. He don't get no play. He don't get no love. Mm-hmm. He don't get no love. My, my. 88 one calling you there. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead and speak. Uh, my comment is I'm listening to the conversation, to the uh, subject matter, and I think a lot of it has to do with poor mentorship. Oh, Unfortunately, you hear about this more in the African-American community than you do in the white community, but young men don't have good mentorship, number right, one. Right. Number two, I think a serious problem is I don't think it's exposed enough because when there's a situation where a man is, is arrested for uh, abuse or, or he goes to court, he bails out. Most of the time, a woman will drop charges on him, and it's not a press issue. That's true. I think the charges that a man should receive, or a woman, because it also happens that men be abused by get abused by women also, yes, physically, mentally, emotionally. I think there should be a stiffer sentence. And with Chris Brown, I think there should be an example set, because he has somebody, not because he should be getting celebrity uh, 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 the celebrity, uh, what do you call it, you know? Preferential treatment, right. Right. But I think he should be, because he's in the limelight, I think it should be shown what he gets, because if men see, that God, this is a stiff penalty, I think they might think twice, because there is no time that a man should ever hit a woman, or vice versa. Mm. Okay. Thank you for the call. Now, I guess the question is, 
who pressed the charges? Did Rihanna press charges or did the state press charges? I, I'm, I'm sure part of it is the state and then part of it is, you know, is she pressing charges as well? Because that's another thing that happens. That Sometimes. back out. Right. You know, they go forward and he then the guy comes back. Are you going to do this to me? He and didn't mean I'm going to lose my job and, you know, I can't get my income. And now how can we take care of ourselves? You can't. You got to drop the charges. Right. And, and, and a lot of times that'll be the first thing they scream is that she dropped the charges and, you know, it didn't happen. And then a man gets to cover his tracks and make it seem like, you know, it was a one-time thing. But if it, if it happened once, it happened again. It's going to happen and, again. And if it hasn't happened again, you best rest assured it's going to happen again. Absolutely. And, and so, uh, you know, a lot of it is it, disturbing to me. And this is what I'm saying. Young women are sitting here watching this situation and they're hearing the jokes. They're hearing the rumors out there and everything like that. And they're thinking to themselves, well, I deserve, you know, she might, she probably deserved it this time. And so what they do is take that into their relationship. And then that high school person or in that high school situation, that guy hits her one time and she doesn't complain. She don't come home and tell daddy. She come home. She don't say Man, nothing to nobody. Man, let me tell you something. If she, my daughter she don't come home and tell you, comes Swan, home and tell she, me somebody she, put their hands she, on her. She's not going to tell you. She's not going to say nothing. Man, oh, let me tell oh, you Oh, me something. and my girlfriends got into a little scruffle or, you know, I fell down and, you know, I hurt myself in gym class or anything like that. And we shake it off because it's the attitude of, oh, no, nobody will put their hands on my daughter. But your daughter getting out, somebody's putting their hands on her. Or, or again, I don't. Uh, we, I don't want to just limit this to verbal. I mean, physical, right. because there are people in situations where they're getting verbally assaulted, man. And right. and the and the character set, you know, that's right. just as bad. Their self esteem right. is through the floor. Well, see, that's how it starts. You verbally abuse them to the point, then and then the physical abuse comes in right after. And now you got me believing it's my fault for the right. stuff you're doing. Right. Right. So crazy. it's it's all it's all a cycle. And see, and that's crazy, the thing man. that's upset me about. And, you know, not the heart that we're really talking about Chris Brown and Rihanna. We're just talking about domestic violence. These are the situations that are going on in your pews and your pews and somebody well, else's it, church out there. And, and, you know, it's that sister that comes to church and you see her crying and you can't figure out why she's crying. You know what I'm saying? She, she needs a, a release. Job and she's, she's looking for a release. She needs escape. Yeah, she's looking and, for that you know, escape. We saw this in the church not too long ago. The one need the bottom situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just saw this. Right. And, you know, so it's it's definitely prevalent in the church. And to say that it's not, you know, you're turning a blind eye to, to what's is. happening. So we got somebody else on yeah, the phone. Yeah, 881-WHOV. Call you there. Yes, I'm here. Go ahead and speak your mind. Hi, I like it when the last woman said that it's not exposed enough. Mm-hmm. If it's not exposed enough, most, um, I would say more so in the church. Like you just said, it happens in the church. And you were mentioning about the young lady sitting there crying. Nobody knows why. Well, it's times when a young lady will speak up. And still, no one does. No one does anything. Mm. Mm. Um, even it even happened with it happens with people in leadership positions, and because of their position, people will look the other way. Mm. Nobody does anything. And I heard you guys mention about um, the videos and movies and this and that. Right. Well, I believe that the change was the, the whole mentality. The change started in the church, and even though people in the church know it's not right, and sometimes I think sometimes people, you know, I know some people have anger and temper issues. Mm-hmm. And then women, and those issues aren't addressed, which I think could be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that it's looking out and seeing oh, this, this video and that movie, we should start looking within the church and start, you know, fixing our issues. Well, let, let me ask you this, and, and I don't disagree with that at all, and, and I'm a pastor. And I guess the question is, if somebody came to me as, as their pastor and said, I'm involved in this situation, my first question is going to be to them, okay, are you prepared to make certain decisions if we move forward uh, with this? So do you think that sometimes people don't want to say anything because they don't necessarily 
feel like they can move out of their present situation. Maybe they feel trapped. Maybe they don't know what the other person is going to do if they make a decision to try to move out or, or end the relationship. So it seems to me that, you know, it's a, it's a fine line that I think people do want the help, but maybe sometimes they might feel afraid to come and ask because of what other consequences may take place. Mm-hmm. Do you think I that think, that's a possibility? I think it's a possibility. Um, uh, let me just say, I think it's a possibility, but that's not always the case. Mm. Okay. Appreciate the call this morning. You're welcome. Be blessed. Because I think, Rob, you know, you it, when when you come forward and somebody says, you know, my husband or my spouse, you know, whatever, my boyfriend or girlfriend, you got to make some choices at that point to say. Now, this is where a lot of the blame to me, shifts to the church, okay? Because I've known of situations where people have gone to their pastors or said this is what's going on in the home, right? and the pastor says, okay. And then it's instead of separating that person out of that home and getting them to some help or anything like that, they talk about reconciliation and behavior modification instead of necessarily sometimes. And I know the church, that's what the Bible is based on. Forgive, forget, you know, reconciliation, loving that person, this, that, and the other, and fixing that person. But sometimes, you know what, and, and as a pastor, you may have to do this. You, you, somebody in your church come there and says, look, I'm getting beat. You, instead of calling the man in and talking to him, call, call the cops. But see, <laughs> and, I, and I understand that, Rob. But what you have to understand too is that sometimes when people come, mm-hmm. they're not in a, they're not ready to make the next step. If you come, That's true. That's true. then you got to be willing to say, "I'm ready to move." But- and make we, a change. We have to and, realize, just like you said earlier, though, that this woman has been beaten down. Her self-esteem is so low that she's screaming out for help. And in that scream out for help, we have to realize she ain't making wise decisions. And so if, I she's, get that. if she's not ready to take the next step, sometimes, just like with uh, when you have a parent with a child, your child ain't always ready to take that next I step. you got to force them to. I understand that. Sometimes the dynamics are different, Rob. Sometimes yeah. there are children involved. And, I don't and disagree. To, and to move out. And you don't have income on your own to raise the, you know, there are all kinds of variables is what that's, I'm saying. And, and that's but, but what I do think is if, if one, if a person is willing to come forward, then you also have to be able to willing, be willing to say, do you understand that the best way to solve this situation is there has to be some level of separation? You're talking about reconciliation. Yes, I do agree. Sometimes you have to go and separate and gather your thoughts and come back together if that's going to happen. But. What a lot of people want is, I need you to help me while I'm still in the house. See, see, and I understand that, too. And you can't... It, but see, we... And this is why this situation occurs so many times and then reoccurs. is because instead of us... And in churches, I think we need to take the step to say, look. And, and you got to be bold to say it. If you got a situation like this going on, we need to create a... We create ministries for everything else. Right. Let's create this ministry where somebody says, I'm being beaten. My husband's beating me. I've got kids in this, that, and the other. We can say, look, we can take you out of this situation, all right, and support you temporarily. And it's, it's going to have to be on the goodness of, of the other folks in the church and other things. You're going to have to work some situations and, and figure it out. But you got to get that person out of the house. Okay, you got to get them out of the house because, see, we think about that. But like you said before, if it was your daughter, you're going to let her stay in the house. No, see, look, it already it changes automatically. It does. But 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 it's not my daughter or if it's not my my sister or my mother, then, okay, it's cool for me to just go ahead and let that situation fester a little bit. We as as church members, as pastors and and, and men in the church and everything like that got to be able to stand up, say no. Rob, I agree. Somebody got to get out that house. I agree to some extent. 
I agree you need to leave. However, I also understand as a pastor, there's, there's certain parts that the individual has to want to do. I, I don't disagree. And until that person is willing to make the commitment to do what's needed to be done to remove themselves. But, but see, a lot because of times I, when they finally, when it gets to the see, point where it goes out of their hands, it's too late. See, and, then we're burying that person. But again, you know what it, it, we're making funeral arrangements, and that's we, the scary part. And of you're right. Yet if you go in prematurely and you try to assume that there's something going on and you try to remove situation and all that, which which could be the right thing to do, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person is ready to start their life on their own. The husband can still or whomever can still contact her, bring her back, and then then you're still in the same position. You're right. But, see, that's where the ministry has to think it through and say, look, we got to get it so that she can stay somewhere, that we can prop her up, build her back up. Because she's been beaten down. I don't I, care I, what I you agree. have. If you beat on it long enough, it's just not going to do. And you got to build I'm it not back up with and that. make it strong. I'm not disagreeing with you as well, but we need to get to the point where there are ministries in the church that, or ministry in the church that can take that situation and change it. And see, what happens is you get that one person to go through that ministry and get their life together and change it. Then there will be other ones that sit there and say, you know what? She did it. I can do it too. And so we need to start that 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 channel needs to start coming now because what like I said before we're sitting there we're watching and, and you know and I'm not a big Rihanna fan I'm not a Chris Brown fan I, I I'm not gonna lie to anybody could care less when I first heard the situation I was like wow but you know the fact that she's getting more she's catching more flack and mm-hmm. all she did was take the punches right you know what I'm saying or whatever or whatever we don't know what happened. I, I don't know what happened and if you just tuning into the show we're talking about the situation that happened last Sunday at the Grammys or prior to the Grammys Chris Brown. And Rihanna, who are dating, uh, got into an altercation, a physical altercation, uh, where Rihanna had to go to the hospital. Chris Brown was uh, charged with a felony assault. And uh, now, as Rob has stated, that many people are saying, for whatever reason, that it was Rihanna's fault. Right, and I don't want this to be like we're talking about that situation. My concern was that's been sitting on my mind since this whole situation went down. Was that wow, folks are really getting on Rihanna about this? It's crazy. She done had herpes, AIDS, and everything else that she done gave Chris Brown. That's why he did it. He's deserving. He was such a good guy that it had to be something that terrible. That's why he went off. And what should the church do? And so uh, we want you to call in. We you know we're having a good discussion. Seven two seven five four zero seven seven two seven five seven one one. We do have in studio with us also. Also today, uh, Pastor Raymond Johnson of Calvary Revival Church of Peninsula, and uh, he he wanted to chime in on this discussion. I talked to him a little bit last night. He said, I definitely want to get my my opinion on the show. So, Pastor, how you doing today, man? Tell us your perspective on this whole situation. Well, first of all, thank you both for having me. This is this is a very critical situation, and it's dire to the church. And, Rob, you raised some very, very interesting points as I listened to the dialogue between the two of you. Yes, the church has, has got to intricately get involved in developing ministries to help young ladies and young men in these kind of situations. However, what Pastor Swan had to say is, is very, very true. As a pastor, we can never overstep someone's own volition. Mm. And so until, just like the Holy Spirit never oversteps our volition, we have to willfully give ourselves to his ways and to the ways of Scripture and, and the Lord's will for our lives. When we come into the role of being Jesus' hands, arms, and feet, we've got to ask the question, are you ready and are you prepared to do what needs to be done so that you can get the help that you need? And as a pastor in the part of the city uh, that I pastor in, I see this situation a whole lot. And uh, without getting into specific details, we've had to say to women, unless you are prepared to get up and and move uh, today or tomorrow, 
there isn't too much we can do for you. And most of the times what I found out is that uh, the individuals involved in the situation really are just crying out for help, not necessarily for change. They're crying out for a temporary fix for the moment to kind of move situations away from the pain that they feel rather than dealing with asking the real question is, do I need to be here with this individual? Mm-hmm. And Lord, have I left your ways and your design for my life? And if I have, let me get back in line with what you have to say for me. And then let me assess whether or not I should be involved here. I can I could just go on and on with this with young ladies right now who've had to move. And yes, the church has got to get, you know, I see this as a, as a you, you mentioned the, the, the week's bottom situation also. And we look at this situation, it really is a wake-up call for us in the ministry to kind of look at how can we orient our ministry to be able to meet these needs of these people. Yeah, And, and what, what he said was true, Rob. And again, we, we can provide anything that will be of service, but unless people are ready to make that step. You know, that's really the basis of the church, man. You make an appeal. You preach the gospel. You make an appeal right. unless people are ready to make that commitment. And and that's what's sad. And, and you're right what Pastor Johnson just said. You see so many people who want temporary help but still want to maintain a lifestyle. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe they don't want people to know exactly what they're going through. Just like you said earlier, uh, maybe my daughter would never tell me because she doesn't want to be ashamed of, right. of what she's going through. And, and that's the struggle. You, you, It's hard to help when, A, you don't know what it is because you don't talk about it, and right. then, B, you're not in a position to want to move on it. Well, see, my thing is, though, and my concern is, is, is when you know about the situation mm-hmm. and when they, when a woman tells you what's going on, and, and I'm not a pastor and I, you know, I understand the, the, the dichotomy of it all and, you know, the situation. But when you find out what the situation is and yet and still that you, you know she's not going to make the change because most abused women don't want to leave. Right. They've got ties that are keeping them there for whatever reason. Kids, children, money, the whole situation. But we, and you know, we said to, well, if you're not willing to make that change, then, you know, I can't help you but so much. But it's when all of a sudden that person comes back to you. They're not looking for help. You, you got to eulogize this person now. Yeah. How do you, you know, what, what do we Rob, do or how do we respond as a church to this whole situation? The, the and, sad reality to that, Rob, is... That is pastoring. You, you can take that scenario across the board. You know in your congregation there's some who struggle with addictions. You know there's some who struggle with whatever. And until that individual. So, again, going back to the scenario, if I know there's somebody in our church who is an alcoholic, do I snatch them up and immediately put them into a rehab facility? But if we do put the, but they could potentially put their life in risk if they continue to drink. Not necessarily a rehab facility, but we will send them to whatever ministry we have dealing with alcohol awareness. See, so what, you my, know, or, or the AA meeting in the church. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing the two. But what I'm saying right. is, everybody in the church has a certain need. Okay, right, right. And so, do you then begin to to force? these things on individuals if they're not ready. And so that's another thing that has to be considered. Pastor Johnson, what do you think about that? As I said, we can't force anybody to do anything. You can only make the door and the opportunity available for persons to take advantage of the opportunity in terms of getting resources and help. But another point about this is, is as the church, we've got to start dealing with our own issues. In other words, I'm talking about the trustees and the deacons that are beating people. Mm. And, and that's what families. I think that one caller was talking about. And that's it, what we got to address and deal with. Right, right, right. So you, definitely. Yeah. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead and make your comment. 
Yes, this is Marion Carrington calling. Reverend uh, Raymond Johnson is my pastor. Okay. And I am so glad that you are dealing with this topic today. It's a topic that needs to be discussed on a daily basis because so women are getting beaten every single day. Uh-huh. And, of course, I'm, I'm sure you've already said men, men are getting abused as well. Right. Uh, but the church response to this has to be uncovered, uh-huh. even with leadership. Leadership... If leadership is caught in abusing their wives, that needs to be uncovered. And so often, particularly with leaders, that's swept under the rug. Uh. Now, for the women who are being abused, once they share that information, because it takes a lot of courage to even share the information, then the church's response, if it is shared with a church leader, has to be immediate, an immediate response. I've heard comments like, well, she really don't want to leave. She just wants it to stop. Well, she wants it to stop, and she does want to leave. But there needs to be a plan put in place. Right. Because once a woman decides to leave, that is the most, uh, that's when she's most at risk. And there has to be a safety plan uh, uh, where a church can respond to that. And so I think if, if a church in our particular area is serious about this thing, what needs to happen is that the leaders and those who have been through domestic violence, those women who have come out of it successfully and have successfully uh, uh, put their lives on a good direction, a good path, and I am one of those women. So you need to talk to the women who've been through it so that they can share uh, how the church has helped, because the, true, the church truly helped me. True, church leaders helped me through this thing. Uh, There's all kind of yeah. emotional pain. There's financial Absolutely. pain. Um, if, if a woman has children, there could be loss of shelter, uh, loss of food. So it completely changes a woman's position when she uh, finally decides enough is enough. We appreciate the Thank call this the morning. Call. Thank you very much. And, you're and, welcome. And you're right. There all there are definitely a lot of factors to consider. And I think Pastor Johnson, you're right. It definitely has to start at the top. You got to have your leaders. Mm-hmm. You got to have your leaders right. Right. And, right. And you know, but I do think that there are ways to deal with certain things that doesn't always have to be. People say uncovering. There has to be ways you can deal with things to get points across that may not always have to fully expose the congregation to everything. Well, and I think it goes back to, we've had this right, topic right, before. Right. We've talked about this before, Swan, when your leaders aren't in line mm-hmm. in the way that they yeah, need absolutely. to be. That, that Sometimes, though, it may have to be that that person has to step down. Oh, no question. Or that person has to be removed. Right. And we're afraid of doing that because then everybody has a suspect of why they're doing it. They're dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. It's that and the other. But sometimes as a pastor, you got to make hard decisions sometimes. It's and I definitely. hate to be like that. But you got to make the decision. Look, Deacon so-and-so is doing this to his wife. Is getting out there or, you know, she's at the point where she's scared. Well, you know what? He's got to feel the pain just like she, she's been feeling the pain. And so... You can't be a deacon anymore. You can't be a deacon anymore. You can be a deacon in name, you but you can't be on the deacon board right now. You got to sit out. You got to. You you can't do this. You can't do that. You got to take some of the and, and so that he realizes, oh, it's because of my 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 actions that I'm getting these consequences, and it's not going to stop it. But you know what? Once you put him in that position, then she might see. You know what? You know, she, that might give her that little bit of encouragement to take the next step. Right. And, and I'm afraid there are too many women out there who are afraid to take the next step because they don't see anything happen that they need to have or, or, or you know, take place well, right off the bat. What, what would hurt me, and I know we got a call, is right. the we, fact if you got folks in the church and they feel like they can't come forward, mm-hmm. 
because they don't feel like they're going to get the help that they need. I think that's the toughest part of it all. Uh, and that's definitely true. Call yeah. me, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead and speak your mind. What's up, Rob? It's Doug, man. What's going on, Doug? Not much. Hey, look, I just want to take the opportunity, especially since this is a hot topic right now. Um, I just got reunited with a high school friend, and I had no idea what type of uh, trauma that she is, you know, grown up and had to deal with. Uh, she's a national spoke model for uh, domestic disputes. Mm. Uh, she has a website called the Empower House dot mm. com. Okay. And uh, I think she'll be a great person for you to talk to, maybe have on the show. Okay. And uh, talk about this because, you know, I had no idea. I mean, I know that it goes on, but not at the rate of which, you know, you know, this, this is like a common thing, what I'm learning. You know, she's a victim herself. Uh, you know, her mother was a victim. And by her growing up, you know. She assumed it was supposed to happen. Right. And she became a victim. But, you know, she turned her life around. And, you know, she's going out trying to help other women. And, you know, I just think that, you know, y'all two need to get together. Uh, she has a lot of information. She, I'm sure she can uh, reach out to a lot of people out in Hampton Roads. Okay. She can use their help. Cool. Doug. All right. Thank you for contact, the call. Man. Okay. All right, Doug. Yeah, and see, and that's the thing, and I, I, I guess what really spurred me to really want this is because I need to see churches, you know, develop a ministry for this. Yeah, because I don't know where do you send this woman that comes to the pastor, comes to somebody else, and says I'm being abused by my husband. There is no domestic violence, uh, you know, uh, ministry. There is, you know, they send them to. Oh, you just need to come to Bible study. Right. No, she need to go somewhere where she can learn right. what she need to do. And and again, and I think if the church doesn't have it, because let's be honest, not. Every church has the resources That's or the true. referrals. That's true. But at least if you don't have it in your church, you should at least know where to go. There it is. Who to contact there if, in fact, somebody comes to you with that issue. And I think every church can do that. Right. You know, and so, again, there's domestic hotlines all over the place. And maybe next week, Rob, we can get those numbers, man. Yeah, we can definitely. start giving those out. Definitely, definitely. Uh, doing that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, again, so I guess in closing, because we're, we're almost out of time, do you think, Rob, that this issue – is prevalent. Do you think the people now, when you hear of somebody, whether it's somebody in the church, like uh, the Nita Bonham situation, or somebody in pop culture, do we just say at this point when we hear it, wow? Or do we do we really, does it, it even affect us anymore? It does, no, we're numb to it. Are you kidding me? Please, we're numb. We don't, we don't even, it don't even, the, the, this, it wasn't that Chris Brown and Rihanna got into an altercation of this kind. It, it wasn't even that, it's just, people were like, well, <laughs> you know it's what, just what it is. It is what it is, you know, and you know, she probably deserved it and he didn't seen it in his father and Are you kidding me? So so are we are you kidding me? <laughs> what are we doing with our little girls, Pastor? I guess that's the question too. Are we we need to be speaking life into our young girls, man. And and I guess building their self esteem and their self worth. And I know a lot of young girls, you know, I even have it in the, you know, people have been de- dealing with a lot of stuff, man. As young girls, but there has to be a way that we can speak life into our young girls so they understand when they get older, th- you don't have to put up with this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is not acceptable. And it seems to me that it's happening, but we don't see the we don't see the women standing up and saying, you know, I'm not going to take this. And so I don't know what what can we do for our little girls? 
one of the things that is critical, I think, is just as young boys need, need a rites of passage program, yeah. the Bible talks about let the older women teach the younger women. Yeah. The older women need to tell the truth about their own self-esteem issues and things that they've dealt with throughout time and tell the truth about their experience and empower the younger women to, to be who they are as God created them. So mentorship programs and biblical identity of the role of women that they are not subservient underneath men, that they are valued by God just as much as a man is valued. Within my own church, our vision is to empower broken people to walk in dominion. Right. I use Genesis one twenty eight all the time. And both male and female have dominion. Yeah. So there's got to be a, a clear um, identity that is shaped about who women are and how valuable they are in the lives of just being human beings and being wives and mothers and daughters. And it begins right there. And I think if each woman will teach another woman and cause men to respect women. And then at the same time, men have got to do it too. You know, you have daughters. I don't have nothing but girls in my house. Mm-hmm. We we become that much more critically important in developing See, femininity in women. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> All day long. My daddy got the front door. I got the back door. We in NRA up in this thing. <laughs> but I think that's how we get started, Pastor Swan. That's how we get started. Yeah. And, and and again, from, from the pastoral standpoint, we have to send a message. We have to share that from the pulpit, um, that these things are not acceptable. I know on Sunday, Rob, as a result of this, I'm going to speak on it. It happens to be, for us, our youth Sunday. Mm. And I'm going to speak on it from the pulpit. Uh, I'm going to let, you know, our young people know that this whole situation has gotten out, but they're going to hear from me that this is not acceptable. Uh, To the guys, this is not acceptable. Even, you know, even uh, my son is five, man, and sometimes how he plays with girls sometimes, and, you know, he's just in it. He's playing. He can be rough, and he's hitting the girls. Even now I find myself stopping him because I want him to understand that, you know, even at five years old, even though you're playing with a young girl, it's not acceptable, right. even in playing, because right. you don't want that seed to further escalate to say, okay, when I'm mad because I played with them and I can hit them, now I can hit them when I'm upset. And it's just we have to be more vigilant in defining those lines right. early. Right. And, and it's, early. It, it has to happen very early. And, you know, like I said before, it was just, you know, the concern of mine is that there are high school girls right now, yes. elementary school girls, college girls. I know it happens on the college campus a lot. And I hear young guys going around here, well, you know, my boy, you know, he, he beats his girlfriend. I go, oh, y'all let him get away with that? Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, you know, it ain't my business and this, that, and the other. My thing is, that wasn't the case. When I was in school, yeah. you know, we would jack a dude up if we knew yeah. somebody was out there putting their hands on a woman out there like that. You couldn't do that. I was an RA. And, and I, I, it'd be people on campus now probably say, I used to, you know, we found out one guy was beating on his girlfriend. The RA called me. She was a friend of mine. She said, look, this is what's happening. They said, I've seen it and this, that, and the other. And we went into the room. It was about 12 of us. But that's the <laughs> and village. we laid hands on him. Not that's, for prayer. But, <laughs> but that's the village that has been broken. Right. And and you see now, what you said earlier, people turn a blind eye. Yeah. And, and it's not my business. And so that, that's where we are. But uh, we're, we're out of time. Yeah, and this is a great topic. We will continue this topic in some vein. We'll try to get some numbers uh, that we'll start broadcasting on the air on behalf of Rob Dixon, station manager here at WHOV, uh, and on behalf of Pastor Raymond Johnson, pastor of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. And don't you got to, uh, we do need to plug his workshop. Yeah, you got a workshop. Sure do. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and plug it real plug quick. It, plug it real yeah, quick. The, the workshop happens on Saturday. We're talking about the black family. We're looking at health, finance, and we're looking at health, finance, and mental health as well. Mental. So we, we will definitely <laughs> include this in terms of what the workshop presenters were presenting. 9 to 3 on Saturday, 119 29th Street, or go to crcpeninsula.org to register. We're going to be talking about the black family this coming Saturday.
Very good. And that event is free, just so people know. Uh, there's a registration for lunch, but it is free, 9 to 3 on this Saturday, crcpeninsula.org for more information. Once again, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Pastor Study. And if you didn't get anything else from this show this week, please don't put your hands on anybody. It's not worth it. The Bible says be angry but sin not, meaning you're going to get upset at times, but how you respond to the anger is what God looks at. Please, please, if you find yourself in a situation like this, reach out to somebody to try to get the help that you need. Nobody deserves to be beaten or punched or be in a violent situation or even talk to negatively to where your self-esteem is impacted. Thank you for listening to another edition. We'll be back next week with another topic here on WHOV 88.1 FM. of starting one, then you need the proper tools to be successful. Eternal Works Web Development and Graphic Design know the difference a good image makes.